You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking Boston Red Sox baseball with MLB.com Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. And Ian, briefly... After Monday night's game, the Red Sox were out of the cellar in the American League East. They had hopped over the Rays with a big victory. Um, There's been times in the last week where it looked like they might end up in third place. But overall, when you look at what the team's done and and trying to climb their way out of the cellar, is that keeping this team kind of hungry late in the season, or do they not even care about the standings? No, they care because, look, it's a young team with a lot of young players, so not like a bunch of guys who have been, uh, you know, playing played in a bunch of World Series. And in that case, it would be a, a different story. But, no, there's a lot of energy for guys trying to prove uh, to Dave Dombrowski that they belong uh, with this team long-term and that they're part of the solution. Um, I just think the team has played with a great deal of energy overall, uh, if you look at over the last month or so. So a very encouraging finish to the season, uh, much unlike last year where things were just uh, depressing here the last, the last two months of the season. But uh, a lot of – a lot of things to smile about here at Red Sox fan these last two weeks, regardless of you know whether they do hop into fourth or third. I think uh, more than that, it's just kind of the way they're playing right now. Yeah, and you would think that would help all these players heading into the offseason as they get into those workouts and everything, the grind of the offseason before getting back to Fort Myers next spring. Uh, big home run, grand slam on Monday night for Xander Bogarts, seventh homer of the year. Obviously, he's had a great season. Um, after that, he was hitting three twenty three. after that game on the season. Is there still belief on this team from a power standpoint that he could be a guy that hits maybe – 15 to 20 homers per year? Because we haven't really seen that yet. Yeah, you know what I mean? He hit 12 last year um, and probably could have hit more. He had a concussion on the sideline for a little bit. But, uh, no, I think he, he'll definitely going to hit for some more power. I mean, the power is clearly there. The, the uh, grand slam he hit the other night was a rocket. <laughs> so, you know, so when he does hit the ball out of the ballpark, it's not like little punch and duty shots. They're legitimate home runs. And it's just been one of those years, Tim, where there's been a lot of balls that have been you know, knocked down by the wind at the top of the wall, just kind of a little bit of snake bit in the home run category. But, yeah, they have uh, every reason to think that this is a guy who's going to hit his 15 to 20, uh, have a really good career. So, you know, a lot of excitement, you know, around this team about, uh, about Xander Bogart. There was a report this week also that Scott Boris saying that he wouldn't rule out an extension or extension talks with the Red Sox as far as Bogarts go. And obviously Scott Boris in general, when we see him and his clients, they always seem to find their way to free agency. (laughs) So it can't be a bad thing that he at least mentioned that, that he would consider an extension for Bogarts and the Red Sox. Yeah. I mean, I think reading between the lines, Scott saying, if you want to just make me a ridiculous offer right now of uh, 10 years and $200 million or something crazy like that, we'll be glad to take it. But, yeah, he's not going to uh, take uh, anything below uh, a pretty exorbitant salary. So I think that's all he's saying. Like, look, you know, you can sign him, but be prepared to be prepared to uh, spend a lot of money and uh, more money than you usually would on a, on a 23-year-old kid uh, at this point in time. Yeah, and obviously free agency still a long way off for Bogart, so plenty of time to, to think about that, and that's not a discussion that will probably happen anytime soon. Uh, speaking of young players on this Red Sox team, Mookie Betts obviously has, has become a mainstay here in this outfield. The question is where in the outfield where Mookie <laughs> end up, I guess, in 2016, but it sounds like he's going to consistently be in right field the rest of this season and see if that is kind of the, the place for him to finally end up for good. 
Yeah, I think they're just trying to really get a feel for what uh, works best here. And I think that, you know, Betts is certainly going to play right for the rest of his homestand. Uh, a chance he could go back to center for the season-ending road trip. But, you know, they just want to see how these guys best line up together. In my personal opinion, I like the alignment where Mookie's in center and Jackie's in right because I think that uh, – you know, especially in Fenway, I think you you want your best arm to be in right field, and that to me is Jackie Bradley Jr. And I think in some ways right field is a tougher position at Fenway um, than center, so you want your best outfielder to be in center. I think Mookie is an excellent outfielder. I just think Jackie is probably just a little bit better out there. So uh, that's the way I line up. But the one you know the one thing they have found out is that Ruznick Castillo looks like a natural left field. So that's made things uh, easy for them just to know that Ruznick is their left fielder going forward. So now they just have to decide. Uh, between Betts and uh, between Betts and uh, you know Bradley, how how that best lines up? Yeah, and Fenway seems to really change that formula, that equation when you look at an outfield. And I know you know obviously when they won it in 2013, they had Shane Victorino in right, a guy who had always played center field. And I remember Ben Sherrington saying, you know, right field at Fenway Park has to be played by a center fielder. So the fact that they have Betts and Bradley and, and one of those guys hopefully finds a home there and the other one in center, it's certainly the right type of player that they have on the roster right now. Yeah, you know, if you look at their last two championship teams, actually in 20, uh, 2007 they had J.D. Drew in right, and it was the same thing where they felt that he was, uh, at that time back in 2007, J.D. Drew was the top of the line outfielder and was also a guy who played right you know, with the athleticism um, of a center fielder. So that, that formula has worked for them a couple times, uh, you know, going, going deep into October. Ian, we've talked about Rich Hill the last couple of weeks. So the story kind of continues to, to go. And on Sunday, he gets his first win since 2009. So that's kind of like the, the cherry on top of this story of this great comeback for Rich Hill. Um, how excited were his teammates for him that he got that victory on Sunday? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good story. I think anybody in baseball would be happy for a guy like Rich Hill, who's really who's really persevered, uh, you know, just to get back into baseball. This is a guy who was, you know, couldn't even stay in the minor leagues with the Washington Nationals in June, and then he goes home and decides, oh, maybe I'm going to try starting again, which he hadn't done in six years. Uh, gets a it goes to the independent Long Island Ducks to prove that he can still start. Has a couple great outings there. Comes to you know the Red Sox, his hometown team, signs him to a minor league deal. Has a couple good starts for Pawtucket. And if Stephen Wright gets a concussion, and the Red Sox you know have an opening in the rotation, he steps right in and becomes the first pitcher in Red Sox history to have ten strikeouts in his first two starts with the team. So it's been uh, you know, it's been a really kind of a cool story. And Rich has also gone through some things in his in his personal life uh, last couple of years that makes this uh, all the more gratifying to, to get back here and pitch the way he has and really show that, you know, he deserves a job somewhere in the major leagues uh, next year as a starter. You mentioned Stephen Wright, and it's been about six weeks, I guess, since he was, I mean, what a tough story. Drilled by a line drive during batting practice. He has the concussion. He was having such a solid season. It found his way into that rotation. You have an update on Wright right now. I mean, is there a plan for him to try to get back on the mound? Or I guess you can never tell with those concussion symptoms. Yeah, you know, they'd they like to get him back on the mound, Tim. But the problem now is that you're talking about Stephen Wright's really been down um, for about uh, about six weeks now. Um, or I guess, uh, I guess a little bit over a month. But, you know, the, the old saying in baseball is, you know, as long as the guy is out, it takes him that, much, it takes him that long to build back up. So I just don't see the time. Stephen Wright's going to have to really get himself stretched back out and uh, be on the mound again for this team this season. But it shouldn't diminish the fact that you know, this guy proved to be a real valuable asset to this pitching staff, and he should be looked at as someone 
this team can count on next year, whether it's as a starter, whether it's a reliever, whether it's just a straight swingman, those guys are sometimes just as valuable. So, you know, I think this concussion thing, all the symptoms will go away here in the coming weeks. It was just a real a real tough spot for that concussion, and it's just one of those ones that's lingered here. But, uh, yeah, so it's been a little frustrating for, for Steven, for sure. Before Monday night's game, David Ortiz was honored for hitting his 500th home run, and Jason Veritek was there, Tim Wakefield was there, Pedro Martinez was there. It's kind of that core group, and Ian, it seems like those guys get together all the time now with all the <laughs> ceremonies at Fenway. Yeah, you know, the Red Sox have done a great job, really. They're... Um, alumni relations department and uh you know everybody within the organization just making these guys feel like they're still part of this team and you're right you see pedro and veritech and tim wakefield you see these guys at the ballpark all the time and it wasn't necessarily like this uh about uh you know about a decade ago you didn't necessarily see the red sox from the previous generation hanging around as much and this is one thing the new ownership has really done a great job with uh you know keeping the red sox family strong and it's how you know it always puts the people on all you have to do is look at pedro martinez and people start smiling and uh you know you see uh tim wakefield and jason baritag and you know the professionalism that they exuded for this franchise for so long that makes people kind of remember you know how good this team had it for a long time so yeah i think they, they did a nice job with that ceremony the other night uh, Hanley Ramirez, we got to get an injury update there. I guess he won't be back until he can play defense, but when is that going to be? Yeah, you know, they're just waiting for the pain to go away here with Hanley. I uh, he still feel something, I guess, in that shoulder. Uh, you know, I think they'd like to get a look at him at first base and see if that's a realistic option going forward. So um, I would still look to see him in a game, uh, some games. Yeah, maybe not till uh, the the season-ending road trip next week, maybe do it away from Fenway where there's a little less uh, scrutiny. So, yeah, I still think they'd like to get a look at him. It's just been the children just kind of lingered for a while. But, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he's making progress every day. It's just uh, one of those things that's taking longer than they, than they anticipated. Finally, Ian, uh, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, some sad news really across the entire sport of baseball with the passing of Yogi Berra and maybe across the entire country with what Yogi had kind of become in the world with all the quotes, and he had really become a uh, such a household name and figure all around. But Yankees, Red Sox, obviously it's always been that rivalry, but... I would think the Red Sox, when they think about Yogi and those great Yankees, they have about as much, you know, contact or are in touch with that team because of the rivalry as anyone. What is the reaction you've felt from from the Red Sox about the passing of Yogi Berra? Yeah, I mean, it's a sad day just because this guy did have such a great legacy. And whether you are a Red Sox or a Yankee, I mean, Yogi Berra kind of transcended that with just his enthusiasm for the game. And, you know, the one funny thing about Yogi as it pertained to the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry was, you know, when the Red Sox, I think it was in the 2003 when they played in the ALCS and, uh, you know, the Yankees were in some trouble in that series and people thought they might lose. And Yogi said to guys like Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams, you know, he said, don't, don't worry, guys, the ghosts will come out. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it kind of, you know, made Red Sox fans mad at the time. But, you know, it's so true. that just something always bad seemed to happen to, to the Red Sox when they played against the Yankees. And, yeah, Yogi was pretty funny at reminding the, the current generation of Yankee players about that. And, you know, of course, the Red Sox finally uh, proved Yogi to Yogi that the ghosts were gone in, in 2004 when they made that uh, they made that great comeback. But you know, Yogi was smart to make the Yankees players feel that you know they were kind of a byproduct of that mystique, and that it was going to help them. I think it built uh, you know inner confidence in the Yankees. But yeah, de- definitely a sad day, and uh, you know everybody liked Yogi Berra. I don't think you'd ever hear anybody in baseball say, "Oh, you know, I really didn't like Yogi Berra." Just such a great 
ambassador for the game, really. Yeah, what a legacy, what a, what a life, Yogi Berra, 90 years old when he passed away late Tuesday night. You've been listening to Red Sox Extras on MLB.com. Ian, we'll talk to you again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.